one and some flowers. We'll give Siren Sara just a minute to join us. I'm sure she's waiting with bated breath. If you are new here, the positivity pop-up is something that we do every week, 7.30 a.m. Eastern Time. And the idea here is that we will give you all some positive things to some positive news stories that were reported, um, usually within the last week. And we do this live. There's very little editing at the end. So if you're listening to this later, just understand that Mur doesn't do a whole lot of editing on Sundays. Siren, Sarah, it looks like you're joining us. Oh, but you're muted. Good morning. Oh, good morning. Well, I was wondering why, <laughs> so I could hear you because I could hear from downstairs where a first time caller is. And I was thinking, why can't I hear it? Well, I had the volume all the way turned down. So there you go. You know. Oh, awesome. Well, I'm glad it's not my mic. I finally got my mic working. So that feels really exciting. Oh, good. Yeah. Well, it was, uh, everything is positively perfect then. A positively perfect. <laughs> <laughs> I've got some great stories for us today. All right. But first, Sara. I want you to know that among many other things, March 26th is make up your own holiday day. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So my first question obviously is, Sara, what holiday are you going to make up? Um, I feel like I need a bit of time to think of that, but I'm going to come up with something very quickly. It's going to be, um, the, um, buy your wife a bottle of wine day, national oh. buy your wife bottle of wine day. So could it, could it be buy your partner a bottle of wine day? It could be that too, I suppose, but you know. <laughs> if we have to, but specifically husband buy your freaking wife a bottle of wine. Right. <laughs> or how about the partner that um, likes the wine gets the bottle of wine from the other partner? Oh, that's a good idea. I like that. There we go. Yeah, you don't want to have to buy Bill a bottle of wine. Well, you see, because he doesn't want one, see. Exactly. It would be a waste of everyone's time, money, resources. Tomorrow, if we, were, if we could play the same uh, game tomorrow, it would be buy your partner a bottle of American Honey whiskey. So. Oh, why tomorrow? Well, because today's my day. <clears throat> oh, <laughs> got it. I love that. All right. What would yours be? Oh, that's a good question. Um, oh, throwing it right back at you. I know. Um, so I wanted, I was thinking like I would stick with the siren soapbox theme. So it'd be something mermaid. So national um, swim like a mermaid day. Oh, there you go. Okay. I am getting in the pool tonight and I am putting fins on. So I'm halfway there. Sure, there you go. I could get in my bathtub, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah. You could even put fins on in your bathtub. You could be like Daryl Hannah. And uh, wasn't that movie <laughs> called Mermaid? I don't know, but yes. That would be, <laughs> a, that'd be interesting. 
All right. So this week on, it's, he usually happens around March. Oh, we're just diving right in, by the way. Didn't give you any warning. Sure. On March 21st, that was on or around March 21st is when the spring equinox happens. And that, Sarah, is when the, I'm sorry, I'm, I keep clicking around on my stories. That is when the center of the visible sun is directly over the equator. And there are some really cool ways that people celebrate the spring equinox all over the world. I'm going to have to quit opening these tabs ahead of time because now I just have no idea where I'm going. <laughs> all right. So one celebration, I think it's pronounced holy. It's known as the Festival of Colors, and it's the most vibrantly colorful festival, spring festival in the world. It's when Hindus in India and Nepal, they they come outside, they throw colored powder at each other. There's loud music and drumming and all of this in honor of the season's multiple hues and stories in Hindu mythology. The Dionysus Festival. Dionysus is the god of fertility, wine, theater, and rebirth. And he is honored every year in Greece with feasts and drinking and over the top, just merrymaking, it says. That's a great word. I'm going to start using that more often. <laughs> In Thailand, they, these people come out and they have, they come out to the streets and they have giant water gun fights. They use like cannon sized water guns. Mark just bought Griffin a water gun for Christmas that shoots giant water pellets at you. They don't hurt, but, um, and at like such a fast rate and it's, it holds so much water. Anyway, I could see that being a lot of fun in Thailand. Um, they even have pressure hoses, I guess, like the, you know, like imagine the fire truck coming out and uh, hooking a hose up to your <laughs> hydrant. But it's more widely known as the Spring Water Festival. That sounds like a lot of fun. It does sound like a lot of fun. In Japan, they celebrate, it's called Shunbun Nonhi. Obviously, I probably screwed that up, but someone will tell me in the comments. When many people in Japan, they'll head home, they have family reunions, they visit the graves of their ancestors, and it's all they, all, they do this in order to help their ancestors cross from this life to the next. They also will um, take care of, they'll visit the cemeteries and wash the tombstones and weed around the tombstones, that sort of thing. Which is interesting. I feel like we don't do that enough. I don't know. It's kind of a weird thing to go visit a grave, but it's also a respectful thing. I helped last year, our, one of our groups at work was volunteering at a cemetery that's run on volunteers. And we were digging out graves, like digging all the grass out around it and so that they were visible again. And that was interesting work. Yeah, you, you do see a lot of cemeteries that are not very, very well taken care of. And even the ones that are, individual grave sites aren't necessarily taken care of. I know Bill likes to do that with his family's gravestones. Yeah, I think it's important. And, and that's the thing, Sarah, in this particular cemetery, they were like mowing the grass, but there just weren't enough 
people and resources to take care of individual sites. So anyway, what was that? That was very, that's, that's very nice that they yeah. do that. Yeah. So there are many other celebrations. We'll leave a link in the description so you can read them all for yourself. The next story I have for you. Oh, this is really cool. It's about a um, TV show that was started on the. Oh, oh, oh. Sorry, I lost my train of thought, Sarah. This is a game show. It's called Sign to Win, and it's one of the latest shows to be launched by the British Sign Language Broadcasting Trust. So they, that's a TV station, obviously, over across the pond, and they commission TV programs made in British Sign Language. So Sign to Win is made up of different games. All right, so this is what the article says. This is on uh, the Good News Network that, oh, I am on the wrong on the wrong article. So deaf people, they don't have the, they don't have the luxury of incidental learning. And that's where we like overhear people talking and we pick up things and chat. They just don't have that resource, right? So it, that that and barriers with mainstream education, it just means that deaf people are often lack the general knowledge of their hearing peers. So a lot in, in addition to that, a lot of game shows, you know, will have like musical cues or, you know, things you have to listen to. And obviously for our deaf friends, that's not possible. So this network started thinking about, you know, what would a deaf game show look like? And one of the producers said, what if the questions and answers were based on deaf history and culture? What if everything was delivered in British Sign Language? And what if the strengths of deaf people were prioritized? So it's a really cool um, new concept. They they give away what a 1,000, is it euro? I don't know what this little symbol is. Yeah, euro. I, I'm guessing if it's not the pound sign, it'd be the euro. All right. So it has a 1,000 euro cash prize, and there are spelling rounds where contestants have to guess words, finger spelled in video clips, and they play them at different speeds. <laughs> that made me think of Duolingo, listening to, to my little owl speak at different speeds. And picture-led questions featuring famous deaf people and landmark deaf community events. That's very neat. Yeah. So that's pretty exciting. Well, I did like how you said the deaf channel see what it looked like i was trying to make a joke out of that but it didn't <laughs> i was talking too fast yeah. i didn't take a breath you couldn't sneak it in <laughs> oh very cool all right our next article comes from staten island new york i mean that's not where the article came from the article came from um today so there's a restaurant in Staten Island, New York. It's called Enoteca Maria. It was founded in 2007 by a man named, well, I guess he's still named Joe Scaravella. And he started this project to honor his own Italian heritage and his Nona. That's how, that's how you say grandma in Italian, Nona. And his mother and his sister who have all passed. 
And he says that he started this restaurant when he started, he was just grief stricken and he had no business plan, no experience, never even worked in a restaurant, but he knew that he wanted to do something to honor his, the, the women in his life who had passed. So he opened this restaurant and all of the chefs are just these little grandmas who come in, they, their heritage is from all over the world. Um, they come in and they cook dinner, like their family meals in this restaurant for people. Aww. So there are people from, there are grandmas from Italy, Bangladesh, Algeria, Trinidad, Syria, Argentina, the Dominican Republic, Japan, Belarus, Poland, France, and quite a few from Italy, it says. That's really sweet. Isn't that awesome? You get to go and have a, a meal made by a grandma. Yeah. And people love this place. And these women, oh my gosh, they just love being in there cooking. One of the, the grandmas, her name's Maria Gialnella. She said, I'm making lasagna, I'm making meatball, I'm making rabbit, I'm making so much fish, everything. So many foods. Did you say rabbit? Yeah, I did. I said rabbit. <laughs> she says, everybody, they're kissing me. They want to make a photograph with me. Everybody say, oh, I love you. I'll come again. I want to see you again. <laughs> So they publish a Nona's calendar so you can tell, you can say that you know which Nona is cooking on which night. And so every, every night is themed based on who, they don't have like different, like different nationalities in every night. It's just one night is that's this. A, yep, that's exactly right. That's a lot of work for a grandma. Yeah, I'm sure that they have people helping them, right? I guess. That sounds fun. Yeah. I uh, I'm I actually would really love to visit that. I'm sad that I didn't know about this restaurant before Mark and I went to New York. Yeah, what's what's the name of it again? Enoteca Maria. I don't know if I'm saying that right. E N O T E C A. Oh, I'm the one. I'm the one learning Italian. <laughs> yeah, there you go. No, that's cool. Yeah. It's I, I want to visit that someday. That's a goal of mine now. Yeah. I know um, Ben's going to be in New York quite a bit this summer doing some courses. I'll have to tell him about it. Yeah, definitely. He'll, uh, I think it would be a really cool place to check out. All right. So this next story comes to us out of, I think, is, is it pronounced Delhi? D-E-L-H-I. I know here on the west side it's Delhi, but I think in India it's Delhi. Is that right? I think so, yeah. Okay, so this dude, Mr. Arpit Dupar, he is an engineer based out of Delhi, and he has found a way to replace it's that says polystyrene packaging. And I, that's like the stuff that never goes away. It's just here forever and ever and ever filling up landfills. Well, he's found a way to replace that use it out of um, 
making packaging out of rice stubble. So that's those are the dead stalks that are left over after the rice season in India, which is millions of tons are of it. it they're burned every year. They don't have any, they don't know what else to do with it, right? So this guy, he tried he tried a few different ways to solve this problem after his he said that his nephew drew a picture of the world with a gray sky and he was like, Man, that's not that shouldn't that's not what my nephew should be drawing. He should be drawing like a blue sky. Skies are blue, right? But that's what happened every year when they burned this rice this rice double, I guess. The skies were just gray. So he tried to figure out a way to solve this problem. And what he first tried to do was sort of a, um, oh, what's the word I'm looking for? Where you put dead stuff like leaves and food and compost. He tried like a composting situation, but it didn't really work. It just like grew some fungus under it or throughout it because it was kind of moist. And, but what that launched a whole new thought because then that fungus is like very um it's like it acts as an adhesive almost so i figured out a way using that fungus that was growing and this um oh can you hear that no oh that's good i'm hearing an ad in my ears by accident <laughs> anyway the from the rice stubble and he's created this packaging that's used mostly in like so if you can picture um like molded packing material so that like your ceramic mug can fit neatly into a box and not not move around that's what this packaging looks like so it's kind of um form-fitting and He's saved a ton of, like, a ton of rice double from being burned and is also making a little bit of money in the process. So there you go. So it's actually, they're actually using the rice stubble and the fungus that grows? Yep. Hmm. Yeah, I, I'm sorry. I got distracted because some ads started playing in my ear and I couldn't focus on what I was saying, but yes, they, they make some sort of pulp and then make this, um, like a formed material. He says this wasn't a waste material, but could be a usable one. That's what he said about the, um, the, the fungus. And then he says through biofabrication, we could use the stubble waste to create a material similar to polystyrene, but one that was biodegradable. So that's the beauty of it. It's also biodegradable. That so is really cool. It's like you're using mold. Yeah. Make a mold. But isn't that so, some medicines are like that as well, right? Yeah. yeah. It's just ironic using a mold yeah. to make a mold. <laughs> Agreed. Oh, very cool. Very innovative. Yeah. So along that same lines, there is, this is the circular economy class of 2023, meet the fresh crop of waste busting startups. So this is the annual Green Alley Awards. They aim to champion the European startups working in recycling, waste prevention, and digital solutions. And those three areas that the organizers believe have a high potential for impact. So Voting is closed, so I, I actually don't know who won. 
but there are, I'll put the link in the, to the article in the description if you want to check it out yourself, but there are a whole lot of people making biodegradable packaging and a whole lot of people figuring out better ways to, um, recycle technology like computers and cell phones and things like that. There are companies, there's a company in Germany who is, they have machines inside of grocery stores where you can return the food packaging and they'll, you know, like the plastic containers that you take food home in and they'll like sanitize them and reuse them or recycle them however they do it. But they're, you know, managing waste that way. Just a whole lot of really cool things happening all over the world. There's one company, Sara, they're recycling cigarette butts. Oh my God. What the hell do they do with those? All right. So it says, after recycling process where tobacco, ash, and paper is removed, the remaining cellulose acetate in the butts is turned into padding materials for duvets, toys, jackets, or heat insulation material for greenhouses. That's kind of gross. <laughs> I know. I, 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 I wonder, like, it, but it says that it goes through a process. So it's kind of like, hopefully it doesn't smell like a cigarette, but there's a company that is using human hair to make clothing. Wow. Yeah. So some really cool stuff. Check it out. We'll have a link in the description for you. Man, this 30 minutes is flying by. I have noticed because I get some of those food deliveries and the most recent one that I'm getting is factor 75 and they, you know, wrap everything up in this really cool material. And you can tell that the, um, packaging that, you know, the kind of protected, that's kind of soft inside is totally recycled something. I can't tell what it is. It's almost something different in every package that I've had. Yeah. It's, it's cool that a lot of companies are trying to find better ways to package things. Mark got for Christmas or Thanksgiving or something from his employer, like a box of meat and the packaging that kind of held everything together. It was, it's not styrofoam because you know, that keeps things cold. Obviously it had to be shipped with like dry ice. And so they were, they had to have a way to insulate that. This stuff, I, I don't know what it is. It was, we were going to just throw it away. And then he looked at the, at the, like the bag, it had some instructions written on it. It says that you can dissolve it in water. Oh, wow. I know. So we haven't tried it yet. It's still sitting on his, you know, propped up on his kitchen against his kitchen counter. We just unpackaged this stuff from the basement. Anyway, we, uh, we are just kind of wondering what we're going to do with it. Like, are we going to put it down a drain? We are, we, we don't know what to do with it. So maybe I'll cut a piece of it off and like dissolve it in some water and see what it looks like. Yeah. I don't know. I'm curious about it though. Well, even the um, bags of ice that they use, you know, they're like those gel packs. Mm -hmm. I haven't, I haven't investigated and maybe, maybe I should investigate. It, they say that somehow those are recyclable if you do something special with them as well. Yeah. You, some of them you can just like pour down the drain. Yeah. What? I know. That seems crazy. Yeah. All right. I'm going to skip a couple of news stories. We'll save them for next week because we are running low on time. But 
I do want to talk about a couple of, um, oh, first of all, Sara, we can't end a positivity pop-up without something like this. Okay. What do mermaids use for money? Oh, <laughs> um, um, I don't know. Mara, what do they use? You're going to kick yourself for not knowing this. Sand dollars. Oh, my God. <laughs> I kicked myself. Bill's probably screaming downstairs. How did the mermaid get to the hospital? Um, um, she swam. I don't know. <laughs> In a clambulance. <laughs> and if mermaids lived on land, which country would they live in? Um, a blah land. I don't know. Finland. <laughs> what is wrong with me this morning? Clearly, I don't know. Alarm early you need some. You need some coffee. Oh. All right, Elsie would kill us if we didn't do one or two trivia questions. And because it's still Women's History Month, I have some some trivia questions for you about women's history. All right. All right. Which artist is was known for her self-portraits and depiction of Mexican folk culture? Was it Tamara de Lampica, Frida Kahlo, or Teresa Berga? Frida. That is correct. Ding, ding, ding. Wow. I knew that. <laughs> yeah, you did. Which activist co-founded and presided over the National Women's Suffrage Society, or Association, sorry, National Women's Suffrage Association? Was it Andy Gordon, Susan B. Anthony, or Lucretia Mott? And what was it that she did? She was an activist who co-founded and presided over the National Women's Suffrage Association. Uh, Susan B. Anthony. That's correct. Thank goodness. Thank you for helping us get the right to vote. Um, let's see. Okay. Which singer won the Grammy Award for Album of the Year the most often? And, the, and they won it three times. Was it Adele, Taylor Swift, or Lauren Hill? Adele. Taylor Swift, girl. No way. I know. I agree. Stupid. Did, oh, I'm sorry. Pause heavy pop up. We love you, Taylor Swift. Does Kanye know this? I don't know if he does. <laughs> I don't think he's aware. I'm positive he doesn't. <laughs> I'm positive, yeah, she does know. But <laughs> All right. Before we leave you, I'm going to tell you about a startup in Africa where pollution is an issue and there is a, a company out there called Rome, which was founded six years ago as a research project and they're based in Africa. They started in Sweden, but now they're based in Africa. Do you hear my cat scratching at the door right now? Is that what that was? I wasn't that sure. That is insane. But Rome makes an air or Rome, the Rome Air electric motorbike is it was designed in Kenya and built by a forty percent female workforce, and it sells for only fifteen hundred dollars. So that's cheaper than many equivalent motorbikes, and it's emissions free and seventy five percent cheaper to run. So they're solving all kinds of problems over there. Girl power, totally. And then I will also 
link in an article about Dr. Chain Shung Wu. She was the first lady of physics. So she has a very interesting story. She was an immigrant to the United States from China, and she did important work for the Manhattan Project and in experimental physics. Her crucial contribution to particle physics was, however, ignored by the Nobel Prize Committee and it awarded the 1957 Nobel Prize in Physics. So you read all about her. She had an interesting journey and kind of a heartbreaking one. She lost her parents during some civil war in China, and it was after World War II. There's like a whole lot of reasons why she couldn't go home and visit, and it's kind of a, a bummer of a story, but she had made some great contributions to the science world, and I think you should know about it. So there you go. Women's Month. Woohoo. Woohoo. Go girls. Girl power. Go girl power. <laughs> that was like on a an episode of Bob's Burgers. Obviously, everything comes back to Bob's Burgers. <laughs> I feel like I need to watch an episode of that one day. Yeah, you should. It's uh you it'll change your life, Sarah. That's all I gotta say. Change your life. All right. Well, I really had fun with you, Sarah. Thank you for listening to all my stories. Yeah, well, thank you for gathering them all up. That was uh, that was a lot of fun. All right, way to start the week, right? Yeah, I think so. I'm having fun, and I'm sorry that this wasn't very polished this morning. I tried. I keep trying new things. Like last week, I spent a lot of time writing things out, but then I didn't read hardly any of it. And then this week, I was like, oh, I didn't like read any of the stuff I wrote, so I spent less time doing that, and it was it was obvious. So I'm gonna have to rethink this for next week. This is a lot of fun. You're doing a great job. Thank you. Thank you. Well, you have a great week. And until next time, dive in, stay curious, and be happy. Bye. Bye.